0: That's the only way you'll make it. You learn, to, learn to trust the Lord. And you do have to learn that somewhat. I think Paul even uh, learned, he said, he called it, he had to learn to be abased and to abound. To suffer need, I think is how you put it. And uh, so uh, the Lord will teach you. And so I appreciate his faithfulness. He don't just, uh, uh, he's a teacher that's right there by your side at all times, helping you along through the struggling and the suffering. Um, but the psalmist said, I both laid me down and slept. I believe is how it goes. And I'll wait. I'm not quoting it verbatim here. But uh, for the Lord sustained me. And so the Lord is able to sustain us through the night. When you're asleep and you're not praying and you're not doing anything, God's able to keep you. So I believe he's able to do all right with your suffering and help you through these struggles that we're going through. And he's going to tell us that and give us some more encouragement in Second Peter and chapter number 2. So we'll go back to Second Peter chapter number 2 and continue on in the book of Second Peter. And thank the Lord for the word of God that keeps us straight in these days. Uh, You're going to have to keep your mind, your heart and mind on the right thing in these days, and it's going to be a challenge, uh, but you can do it. You can keep your heart and your mind and your affection set on things above and not on things of this earth, and uh, it'll be a a work. It'll be something you have to do, um, something that God expects you to do, and uh, so uh, I appreciate the... um, the Word of God. But we'll go back to Second Peter. We started dealing again uh, with the uh, fallacy of the pernicious here in chapter number 2. He uh, reminds us again that to remember that there was false prophets in the day when the Bible was written when holy men of God were speaking. So there's going to be also false teachers in your day. But the good news is they were able to spot them and so were you. They were able to rise above them and so were you. And so uh it uh, is a bit of encouragement but we need to be reminded that not everything that glitters is gold right I had to learn that and it takes you some time but you will uh we need discernment in our churches to know uh what is of the lord and what is not and, um, and you can say that it's not a mystical thing, and I would agree to a degree, but you also can't say that it's not a spiritual thing, and spirit can't be seen, right? And Paul said, I intended to go one place, but the Spirit of God led me somewhere else, and he didn't have a New Testament, right? And so you can't say the Spirit doesn't lead you or speak to you in a still small voice. And now He'll never lead you to do anything contrary to the Word of God. But there is, I'm not taking an exalting feelings. And in fact, that's what He's going to attack here quite heavily is uh, people that are led by feelings. That's what these people are. And you have to be very careful about that. Uh, but there is a, um, a sense in which you uh, can know the will of God that will, of course, match up to the Word of God, uh, but that there's something that'll just spirit uh, a bear witness for your spirit that we are the sons of God. That the Bible said, I don't know any other way to put that, and so there is a uh, mystical sense to knowing that, and so I, I don't want to major on that, but it's just uh, something I'm saying in passing that you say, well, I'm worried to death. How do I know who's true and who's not? Well, you, you don't have to trust your own feelings or your own gut, right? God gave you the Bible, and you can watch what he's going to say now when he talks about their words in the first couple of verses. Now he's going to warn about their ways because that's how you'll know them, right? You'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. And so that's how you'll really start to know. And if you'll notice, that's what they're really condemned for is their ways and um their ways are destructive ways and he starts out in verse number 1 and he talks about the false prophets that are uh, among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the lord the ball them, bring upon themselves swift destruction and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And if that's not come to pass, I don't know what has. Um, the way of truth is evil spoken of in our day. Uh, you stand for anything and you are being, gonna be spoken, um, be spoken of very, uh, as one that's evil, right? They call it good evil. And evil good. That's the days we live in now. And why is that? Because everybody's forsaken the right way. And they're going to their own way, right? And so they don't know what's good and what's evil. In fact, and we touched on that. I mean, it, 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 right? So, so morality, we talked about truth, but morality also is not subjective. It's all, it's all absolute. It's all objective. It's all given to us in the word of God of what's right and what's wrong. Now, I'm not going to argue that a man does have a conscience, right? And all that Adam lost in the fall, he has a conscience. And that conscience will accuse or excuse, right? And so um, I understand that there is a sense in which people, and atheists bring this up, but they, they argue, well, we all just know that it's wrong to kill people. Well, Hitler didn't know that. Right, so that's a kind of a bad argument. It just so I'm not going to lean on your feeling of what you just know to be right, and we're all going to listen to you, so, right? And so um, we don't have to go by everybody's opinion of what's right and wrong. You have the Word of God, and it's right, and everybody else is wrong, right? So all men are liars, and God's the one that's right. And so that's why God gave us His Word. Thank God for the Word of God. That's why we must earnestly contend of anything that would 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 tend to attack the true of the Bible, right? Anything that would, um, uh, uh, anything that would um, lend to, uh, this is what is massively confusing to me, is how anybody can argue for a, uh, an absolute truth, but yet there's nowhere to find it. Wouldn't that be very, very uh, confusing to people? So I'm preaching to you from a verse, and that verse is missing out of your version, But I'm saying that I'm preaching from the infallible word and God's word's right and you got to trust God's word. You're sitting there looking at a version that doesn't have the same verse I have. That is massive confusion and God's not the author of that right and so for english-speaking people we have the word of god all right and it's nothing we have to be arrogant and hateful and mean-spirited about i don't think god's of that kind of spirit uh, at all god's uh, gonna stand for the truth jesus stood for the truth but we don't have to be arrogant about it in our approach but i'm not going to compromise either the truth is for english-speaking people the king james bible is the word of god and i just want that to be on record amen all right, so we've got that now. We don't need a hammer on that again. Uh, but uh, so it talks about how that they bring in damnable heresies, plural. They're uh, usually one, um, usually, and I, I think's what he brings up here, in lordship. They don't want to be ruled over because he's going to go on and deal a lot with the rebellious and the self-willed. And that's going to um, lead to other heresies, right? So if you deny uh, the lordship of Jesus to, and his right to rule and reign in your life, uh, then who's the God of your life? Right? So then that leads to all kinds of false heresies. I mean, everybody comes up with their own idea about everything, right? That's what the Mormons teach. You are little gods, right? Little capital G gods is how they would push it. Um, so um, God didn't leave us to an opinion of people, right? Thank God for that. And so these heresies come in and they multiply. Uh, And so we have to be very careful, careful about that. And uh, they deny the Lord that bought them, bring them upon themselves swift destruction and many shall follow the pernicious way. So there is going to be many that go after that kind of thing. And now I'm just going to give you on the outset of what I believe it begins to talk about the many and ends up with some people that have like dogs going after vomit. Now I'm going to tell you why I think is what this is saying here. They go out from us because they were not of us. And this is what I'm talking about. This is not the marks of people that are saved by God's grace and make a mistake somewhere in life. This is not, uh, this, this, in fact, he's not even marking Christians. I don't, I don't think that's what, so if you look at this and say, well, I, I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm saved and I'm dealing with assurance. And you turn to Second Peter chapter number 2, that's not where you get your assurance from. These are marks of lost people, of false prophets. So uh, he's, he's already given yours. Your assurance is uh, what what Brother Reed's saying about his grace. His marvelous grace. We stand in that, right? And Him alone. And so you can't uh, uh, look anywhere else but to the sufficiency of Christ. And so he gives some marks here. And what he's going to begin as we go on down into the chapter here, he's going to give a mark of these people, not only the false prophets, but the people that follow after them will follow their ways. So they're going to do the same thing. So their teaching led to some ways. And I, I have noticed that in my life. If I start to believe God's not as serious about something as he really is, it will tend to lead you to act a little bit more careless about things than you may should, right? And so we want to be careful not to ever present, I mean, or to lower God's uh, expectation or what he said. And he's laid it out very plainly when he said, as Jesus walks, so you ought to also walk, right? Now I'm paraphrasing there from first John. Uh, so uh, God takes holy living and living right and doing right very serious, right? And the more and I think sometimes the reason we, we lessen the, um, our stance upon it is because we see our own sufficiencies to it and try to excuse it somehow. And uh, so let's not adjust the bar. Let's just all admit we all got problems and try to help each other, right? <laughs> let's, just, let's just be real and be honest about what we are. Nobody's arrived. Nobody's already perfect. And so your job's to help me and I'm to help you until we all come to the fullness of the statue of Christ, right? Into a perfect man. And so, um, but let's not, let's not uh, uh, try to uh, keep people on the basis of truth. That goes for me as a pastor or for you and your family. Uh, you can't uh, uh, appease your children or grandchildren by adjusting the truth, right? That's not a cost that's, that God's willing uh, to say that's worth uh, keeping their presence for, right? The truth, buy the truth and sell it not. So don't ever sell the truth at the expense of people, right? If they leave, they'll just have to leave. They were either not of us or they're going to, you know, they're going to be chastened and God will deal with them. I don't know. That's between them and God. I have no idea. Because in some areas of life, there's saved people that could do some things that lost people do. And there's some false teachers that will do some things saved people do. Right? So how am I going to know? Uh, there's some, there's, uh, there's the, the Jehovah's Witness. I mean, man, you look at these, um, uh, um, the, um, well, the crowd that's, uh, uh, the, oh, I can't think of the name of them now. But they they live, they're one of them. They live by the law. And they probably beat us when it comes to the law, all right? They uh, they abstain from meats and do various things. <clears throat> uh, uh, even a Jew alive today when it comes to some righteous living has probably got you beat because he doesn't seek it by faith. Uh, but it doesn't justify him, right? Uh, by the works of the law shall no man ever be justified in the sight of God. And so um, we can uh, have to uh, be careful because I, I, I don't. there's no way that I can say or that you can say what a man is. He's going to have to turn to the only place he can find the assurance of salvation, and that's to God, right? God will give the assurance or the lack thereof, and uh, you'll have to go to the Lord for it. If you start looking at all your do's and don'ts as a basis uh, for uh, whether or not you're saved, you're going to find yourself like this constantly. You know why? Because your flesh is like that constantly, Right? Lord I'll never do this There, i do it right and so you can't trust your flesh what you have to look to is do you believe on the name of the son of God right that's where that's where your salvation is your are sa- saved by grace through faith and um, even to him that worketh not but believeth on him right his faith is counted so now faith will bring some works but to what balance to what degree that's when you and God I don't know everybody ages everybody grows at various rates and so well, who am I to say one way or the other? So that way no man in your life can ever tell you that. And if they tell you you're saved, I wouldn't listen to that very much. Right? Just go to the Lord. God will give you the assurance of salvation. I believe that. Uh, or, or he'll let you know you're not saved. I don't believe that God's going to just lead people uh, to uh, wonder all of their life. In fact, John even talked about that later on. I read really think that you may know. Right? And so God wants us to know, and this knowing helps us because the knowing, a lot of what we know governs what we do, and we see that in these false prophets. What they teach is is an attack on lordship, is you your own God, do what feels good, Uh, 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 don't worry about what the Bible says, it was written years ago, and it's grown out of date, it's out of time now, and uh, that may have been fitting for those people in that time, but in our day it's 2020, and you know, those kind of people, they make light of the word of God, and they they just Attack it and and you know tell you to look to your own feelings and look to yourself and uh, do what you thinks right and all of that and that will eventually lead to this kind of misbehavior in life and so you're able to not just know them by what they teach but then just watch how they live watch what they do because their teachings and what they believe will lead to a lot of loose living and. Um, so that's what he's going to go on to talk about. Let me, let me go on. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words, imagined, made up of their own opinion, words, make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, neither damn, damnation slumbereth not. And for if God spared not the angels that uh, sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood, who believed God, seeing the things as were not yet. Right? He saw the invisible, believed God, moved to the saving of his house, built an ark. But a preacher of righteousness, bringing in a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And so, um, he's taught, he's already talked much about the second coming of Jesus. I was going to labor and go back through maybe the timing of this, and maybe we'll do that later on. Uh, but I, I want to just keep working through these verses, um, and go on down just a little bit. But he spared not the old world, save Noah, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making an example unto those that should after living godly. He delivered just Lot. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And I'll say a big hearty amen to that. This world vexes my soul. I hope it vexes yours. I hope you're not in love with it, and I hope it doesn't please you and satisfy you. It ought to vex you. Even your own sin, even your own problems, and your own ways ought to vex you, your own flesh. My own flesh vexes me almost more than than the world does at times. But um, this world is vexing to the Christian. Young people, when you get out in the world, it's going to vex your soul. And you'll have to labor to serve God and make a conscious decision every moment of your life to walk with God. Once once a week's not going to do it, three times a week's not going to do it, and once in the morning I've determined's not going to do it. You'll have to stay in that sense of consciousness of God every second of your day. There'll be a battle uh, in your mind to do right or to do wrong. There'll be a battle there. And you have to purpose to do right. It won't be by accident, right? God's not going to do it for you. Right, We're told to do that. We're told to put off old things and put on new things. And so we've got to do that. But what he talks about, what he's dealing with more here is not to the same, but he does throw in a little bit of encouragement. And I like that. Even Every time, even he, when he deals with things that are, are, are awfully hard, not to understand but to do sometimes and to accept, he throws in a little bit of encouragement into the Word. And so he talks about, all right, yes, the false teachers, the false prophets, they're of the world. Uh, they don't know the truth. They don't obey the truth. They deny the Word of God. God. They've denied God himself, and they've, they've become their own gods. And in a sense, you'll see that um, in just about all false religions, even the ones that claim the true and pretense. But... Um you see that, and he talks about that just like they judged Noah's day. They judged those people just like in Lot's day. That afterwards, everybody that should live ungodly should take that as an example. He throws in this little verse here and, and talks about. Uh, don't forget, though, when he's condemning Noah, and he, I mean uh, Noah's pe- the time uh, people in Noah's time, and he's condemning those in Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't forget that he rescued Noah. Don't forget he rescued Lot. And it's like, because it, it's like we pass over that. I mean, he talks about the raining down fire and brimstone and talking about how afterward people shouldn't live ungodly. They ought to live holy and justly and right in this present world. And if you've received the spirit of grace and you've received God, he is teaching you that denying ungodliness, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. And I don't care that that's not popular in 2020. God still says people are to live holy and to live right right and he nails that down he said you gotta, you ought to live right there's no excuse for any i'm not making an excuse for nobody but you've got an advocate with the father and i know that but your expectation is to live holy and he nails that down and then he reminds the world hey all oh, you ungodly living people god's going to punish you one day it don't seem like it because you think you're getting by with it but they um, just like they said Noah's time where's the promise of his coming they say that now where's the promise of his judgment oh it's coming friend it's, God's not deciding if to send it it's just a matter of when and God's long suffering and goodness uh, has, has patience for it and so thank God for that don't despise his goodness but so he warns the world don't forget you know you're going to be judged for how you're living all your ungodliness and, and murdering babies and men with men and women with women and all the mess that's in the world that's vexing to us God's going to judge it. but don't forget this and he comes back on the back end God knows how to deliver and so we can't write that little verse off and he's going to get right back into the negative and talk about how they're self-willed and presumptuous and deal with all those that uh, for whom a man's overtaken the same. as. And so he, he's going to deal with that in a minute. But let's not forget um, that uh, right here in the smack dab middle of this, brother, and when God's talking about all this judgment that's going to come to the world and we ought to be noticing the times are coming. Uh, people are living like they were in Noah's time. They're living like they were in Lot's day. And we ought to be ready for the coming of Jesus. We ought to have our bag's packed. Here's what I want to say. Noah had to build an ark. God had to send angels to get Lord. But I'm going to tell you how God's going to deliver you. God himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. You don't have to build an ark. You don't have to wait for angels to come get you. The voice of the archangel, God's going to step out on the clouds and say, come up here there. And you're going to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall you ever be with the Lord. And I believe that or I'm not breathing oxygen and overweight tonight. Woo! God knows how to deliver you and when God delivers his people it's always miraculous deliverance he bursts a man again a miraculous deliverance from the bondage of sin and now therefore we can say truly O Lord I am thy servant because thou hast loosed my bonds and we can say that with all sincerity now miraculous conversion of a sinner to take a man who's completely corrupt all through and through from the inside out and God to birth him again and make him in the image of Christ and he stands righteous in heaven having never committed a single sin and God's able to justify the ungodly and still remain just and never compromise his holiness by paying the price himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't talk, you're talking about miracles brother Jamie God knows how to deliver miraculous uh, people deny this kind of stuff Hey, I, I've seen uh, brother Richard Tapp should have been dead he should have died we were praying for him I don't know how many months that man everybody I went in there and I went to the hospital there, uh, you know brother Tapp brother uh, Jones but uh, I went to visit him and he was in the hospital and I was with brother Bearden and I said he ain't going to make it brother Bearden said Shh, he can hear you but that was the truth. I looked I looked at that man and thought, "That man's dead already. That machines are keeping him alive, And God delivered him. <laughs> he's over there tonight. I guarantee you, unless he's sick. Hallelujah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about mere situational uh, miraculous deliverances. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not denying that. That's obvious in all the things that God does. But I'm talking on a scale. When God decides to judge the earth beneath and the cup of iniquity is full, God's going to perform the greatest miracle ever known to man beyond salvation. He is going to the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that were dead, they'll hear the voice of God. And the, just like those that were dead in sins heard the voice of God and God's going to raise them incorruptible and you're going to raise incorruptible and you'll have a body fashioned like unto the Lord and immortality uh, Mortality shall put on immortality and you'll ever dwell in the presence of the Lord miraculous deliverance I believe that I'm telling you God knows how to deliver them, and it's not all instantaneous in one thing it'll be the ascent of the saints and then the advent of the savior and there's a marriage supper in between I believe the marriage in Revelation 19 I don't think that could be the same event all in one time I are going in his coming there has to be something time in between and we know what that is seven years Three and a half years of false peace and three and a half years of great tribulation upon the earth. And guess who gets delivered from it because they've not been appointed to wrath but to obtain mercy. (laughs) Hallelujah. You ought to, Shout and praise the Lord. Deny as bad and dark as it gets. Just like she sang about. Our hope has been placed in the hands of God. And our anchor holds within the veil. And there's where our hope lies. And that's why the Bible calls it blessed hope. Uh, because it's got uh, it's a hope in things not yet seen. But it is true. It is sure. Just like you haven't seen the judgment fall yet. You may not have seen him come yet. But he is coming. And the hour knoweth no man uh, but he himself. Hallelujah. I hope that helps you, encourages you as much as it did to me today. When you get discouraged about about everything else, about yourself and everything else that's in the world, I can <laughs> God always just remind you that you're not standing on yourself, you're not saved by yourself, you're not assured by yourself, you're not kept by yourself, and you won't be delivered by yourself. <laughs> Man, I, somebody asked me if I had that Joe Bryant little twitch down yet, and I said, I can't move like him. I'm too white. (laughs) And I'm not going to let the PC crowd keep me from saying that. I can attack my own kind. We can't move like that. Old brother Brian's got it though, buddy. Hey, look up. It's drawing nigh. Hey, you ladies, Amber, when you, you, Let's see. How long have I been married? I should have thought of a different example. <laughs> it's been uh, 2001. Has it been 19 years yet? In July? Will it be 19 or it be 20 in July? It was just now 19? Oh, you remember. <laughs> well, let me say this, since I've already stepped off in this thing, Brother E. Here's what I was thinking, Brother, Brother, Brother Jones that woman give herself to me out of everything she knew she could till death do us part so help her God that's what she said and she should have just paid attention to that so help you God kind of thing look up here so help you God <laughs> so help you God now she should have paid attention to that now she gave herself to me on this earth. Now, you young ladies, that's what you do. And the Bible even says, men, same thing, young men. You give yourself to a, a young lady, and the, your body's not yours, uh, but your wife's. And your wife's uh, body's not yours, but it's your husband, right? In the flesh, you give yourself to your husband and to your mate. You are one in Christ. You, these two twain shall be no more twain, but one flesh. And see, they're not married and given in marriage over there. We're married here, right? That's an earthly thing. But not over there. And uh, so the ones you give yourself to, you give yourself to me. Look what you did with my body. I'm kind of upset about it. I'll be honest with you. She's not took care of it at all. All right. All right. I got to quit joking around. It's serious here. She's fed it until it looks like this, Brother Joe. Now, listen. Uh, so she gave herself and her uh, m- to me and, and I gave myself to her and these two 20s men or A men shall leave the uh, for this call shall man leave his father and these two 20, and, and 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 all that stuff's wonderful and that's that's fleshly that's earthly uh, but uh, that she never gave her soul to me Amen. right the, her, the Bible you don't ever see uh, the Bible say give your soul to that man your soul belongs to God Right? So there's going to come a time, thank the Lord, when death does you part, Amber, you won't have to put up with me anymore, and you'll go on over there, and when you rise to meet the Lord in the air, you're not not going to uh, be, and I understand, uh, in a sense, how when you lose a mate, how much you want to see them, but can I assure you, I was thinking about you, Brother Tony, I promise you, based on her profession, she's doing better now than you are. (laughs) You've lost a spouse, and they're on over there with the Lord, I'm going to tell you something, they're better off than you are. (laughs) And we ought to rejoice and thank God they're they're with the one they gave their soul to, the one she's given her her real self, who she really is. She's given herself to him, and one day her eyes shall behold him and not another. And and she knows that in her flesh she shall see God. That's who she really belongs to. And he's coming to get at the redemption of the purchased possession. He's bought you lock, stock, and barrel. He owns everything about you, even that part about the body and the body's from Egypt and the Bible talks about the man and the wife and all that. God's allowed that to happen, right? God has taken this body that he purchased and said that you and to the wife and the wife are going to do as the husband all that stuff, okay? The Lord's given allowance to that, but the Lord bought that and lended it to us. But the Lord owns you lock, stock, and barrel, and one day, can I tell you, you're going, to go, you're, going to a, you're going to the other side where you're going to see Jesus who was, didn't take on the form of angels but was made at the seed of Abraham. And he took on a, a human in the likeness of sinful flesh and condemned in the flesh and bled and died and rose again to buy you and loves you and you'll forever live with him. And he's not just going to, listen, you talk about a miracle. Can you imagine what's going to happen when those graves open and the dead rise? Can you imagine how miraculous that's going to be? Now, I don't know how quick. The Bible talks about a moment. And that's, a, I, I, that's the only word that can be used to describe the, the, most, the most minuscule amount of time. It's the word moment. In a moment. It's quicker than that. It's just the only word we can use. It's a, so I don't know if we'll see the graves open and see them go, and then we're going. I don't know how it's all going to work. I know we don't prevent them which are asleep, and they go, and then we go. Now, how much of that we know, I don't know. I do know this. You'll hear a voice. And I have a feeling it'll be the same voice that called you out of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of His dear Son. Except for this time, I don't think it'll be so still. I don't think it'll be the still small voice where he's speaking to you. I think you'll hear the voice of the, that's what I'm thinking. That voice like many trumpets, and like many water, excuse me, like a trumpet. And 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 we're gonna be translated. We hey, we're we're leaving here. You know all you gotta do, brother? All you gotta do, you don't have to build an ark. To the, you don't have to, God's not going to send an angel to come escort you out of here. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. And he's going to step out on the cloud. Are you ready? You know what he tells you to do? You know what he wants you to do, Tyler? He wants me and you to just get our bags packed and get ready to go. Right? We need to just be ready to go. At any moment, Is what he told us. hey, You don't worry about it. You don't have to buy a plane ticket. You don't have to make reservation. I'm talking to the Christian now. It's already good. Your home's already, he's just going to prepare a place for you. He's just coming back to get, oh, here's what I want you to do. When you're occupied until I come, I want you to live holy as a testimony of this world. I want you to live godly. I want you to show this world what it's like to suffer right as a Christian and how to abound in fruit and how to be faithful to God in the midst of temptations and suffering. And But here's here's what I want you to know. Just be ready at any moment to go because at any moment I'm going to come get you. See, if it was all hinging upon the rise of the man of sin and for us to know the man of sin, uh, then that seems quite contrary uh, because God, if He's given anybody on this earth the ability to identify a false prophet, it's God's people through the Word of God. We would identify Him, we would know He wasn't right. So He doesn't tell us to be looking for the man of sin. He said, just keep your eyes on the Lord and be listening for the trumpet to sound, wait for His coming. Can we we read something? Turn to Revelation real quick. I didn't get to my verse. Oh, great day. I, I could just say this, but I want to read Revelation 3. If I don't get your blood boiling, I don't know about you. Can you imagine? I mean, just at any moment, he's going to come. Any time, any moment. I hope you're ready to go. I, I can I can say there's been a time in my life I wasn't ready to go. I was as saved as any man's ever been saved, but I wasn't ready for the Lord to come. So I, I want to exhort you if you're saved by God's grace and you may be in a place where you just I don't want the Lord to come and find me this way. I want to exhort you to get ready to go. I, I want to be found faithful doing what He's called us to do when it comes. Then get to it. The time's short is what he's going to say. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 7. For the time is short. Sure, and, and they both uh, have wives be as though they didn't. And they that weep as though they were relieved with not. And those that rejoice and rejoice not. The time's short. You better get ready to go. Forget all this temporal stuff. Should we go to that? He that's being called as a servant. No. Let's not go there. Let's read Revelation 3. And try to keep ourselves together here. Revelation 3. I know where I want to go, but I want to start in verse 10, I think. I want to make sure. Okay. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Now, everybody clear that aisle right there. I'm about to run. That one preacher said, Brother Ben used to tell me all the time, uh, what was it, hold my horse or something while I run or hold my. He'd say that all the time when he was in the choir. He'd say that to you while you was up there all the time. And uh, I knew he wasn't going running nowhere, but his heart wanted to. If my heart, if my feet could do what my heart wanted sometimes, I would. Uh, but uh, anyway, now uh, here's what he says in Revelation chapter number 3 now. And uh, uh, this is uh, and to the church. And this is what I believe uh, with all of my heart. This is what he's saying to the church. And so he that keepeth the word of my patience. Is that what he said in verse 10? I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, what did our verse say in Second Peter. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. God knew how to deliver Lot. God knew how to deliver Noah. God knew how to deliver Enoch. And God knows how to deliver his church out of the hour of temptation that's coming to this earth now see it doesn't matter to me if you don't want to place that in their dispensation you want to just talk about which comes upon everybody in their hour of temptation that's fine it doesn't do any damage to the Bible but I believe that's talking about the tribulation time that's coming upon this earth and God's going to save you out of it I hope you're ready to go say well I'm not saved well I'll get saved then when I see all you people leave out of here no you won't either you better get ready to go now be ready he's coming at an hour you think not, it'll be sudden, right? And it'll be when you think not. So we see slowly the day approaching. So he knows how to reserve the unjust for punishment, and he's talked about these temptations. You know already. He said, "Oh, we gotta go home." I forgot. He's already said this one, Brother Jones. He said, "Though you're, um, let's see, though for a season, if need be." Is that how, correct me if I'm wrong now, uh, but you're, uh, you are in heaviness from manifold temptations. I know that's not exactly right. But he's been talking about all the manifold troubles and trials and temptations you're going through. And the Christian suffering going, God, I can barely make it. I don't even know if I'm going to make it to the end. And he's saying, yes, you can. Yes, you do. I'm going to sustain you and I'm going to keep you from falling. And you're going to be all right. But I want you to grow. Oh, my goodness. You want me to grow. And he's been talking about temptations, too, on top of all of that. And then he throws in a little reminder. Yeah, but don't worry. There's coming a day when God's going to deliver the righteous out from the hour of temptation. All this stuff that's coming on this ungodly world and the pending doom of judgment that's coming from God when he judges this world, he's going to judge this earth now. The wrath of the Lamb, they're going to feel the wrath of God because of what they did to his son. I don't think he's avenging Israel of their, of their enemies. I think he's avenging himself of his. They are the enemies and their mind by wicked works. Ooh, we can't do it, but I, that excites me. Does that excite you, Brother Petticord? Are you ready to go? We're going out of here now. Get ready to go. That blessed hope. You got that hope in yourself tonight? Now, let's go to this read this and we'll go home. Uh, verse number 10. So the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly. Out of temptations. And, and why, now why I think that fits in. I'm, again, I'm not talking about situational and personal. Uh, though I have no problem if you want to apply that there. Uh, the reason I say that is because that's not Lot Noah's deliverance. It wasn't, not, uh, it wasn't Noah being individually delivered from a certain person. And uh, they were trying to get him to something, do something wrong. And God delivered him out of it. I, I don't believe that. I, I believe situationally God said he provided a way of escape. Right? God's faithful. Right? No temptation is taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you, to be tempted above that, but will make a way of escape. It's your job to put your foot in the right direction and go the way he told you to go. He's provided the way out. You don't have to do it. You don't have to go the way of the world. You don't have to love the world. You don't have to go that way. You can love God and serve God because you're God's free man. Whether you're called as a servant or whether you're called, no matter how, where you're called, uh, you can, you're the Lord's free man. Now, anyhow, and so uh, I don't believe it's talking situationally that the Lord's able to deliver you. And so there's temptations that come upon you and that God delivers you because there's many times that God tells you to do it. So I think this is talking about ultimately. This is when God flooded the earth. When God destroyed an entire habitation, an entire city of people and completely wiped them out. When God's going to do the same thing to this earth, he knows how to deliver you before he does. So don't be troubled and shaken in your mind. He's still coming. Well, we better go on. Go back to 2 Peter. And... Uh, we're done tonight. We're done tonight. But I don't know, man. You, there's nothing else. I, I I don't know of anything else. Uh, that uh, wherefore, uh, wherefore comforts you one another with these words? And I don't know any other way to comfort you. So well, tell me what a good person I am. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm joking. laugh. No, you're not a good person. No. <laughs> Right? I don't know any other way to exhort you. So but God said, don't just just lift up Jesus. Just let him know I'm coming again. That's how I can exhort you. That's how I can encourage you. I don't know how to encourage you. Well, maybe you are a big failure. Maybe you failed all day, all week. You might fail tomorrow. I don't know. But if you want my encouragement, here's what I'm going to encourage you. He's standing at the door knocking, and he'll open up and sup with any man, and he's ready to take his church home. He's going to call you up out of this world. Get ready to go and quit fooling around because the time is running out. And if I don't encourage you, I don't know what to say. So here's what happens. So he throws that in there in the middle. Presumptuous, let's see. Uh, they're pernicious ways. They're, they're dangerous. They're, stay away from these people. He doesn't say just be nice to them, be good to them. He said mark them and avoid them. They're subverted of themselves. They're 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 messed up, and you don't need to be around it. And you need to mark them and avoid them. They're they're get, stay away from them. Don't follow their ways. Don't listen to what they're teaching, and certainly don't follow their ways. And so we're going to see again in verse ten. We're done tonight. We won't do it, but we'll start in verse number ten after we have uh, uh, looked at the. Um, I've forgotten what porn I was already on now. Realizing what is feigned in verse three. But we're going, we've gotten on down to the deliverance of, of his saints and we've gotten down through here to verse number 10 and we'll go on, uh, maybe Sunday night or something. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh. And the lust of uncleanness, and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. And so we'll go on down those verses and look at these bold, arrogant, self-willed, um, unruly people. And uh, and this is marking their followers as well. There's many that have followed these ways and these teachings, and uh, they they are many. And you can spot them by their rebellion to authority. They despise authority. Authority is good in our life. It is good. Every man ought to submit himself to a local church and to a pastor and obey them to have the rule over them. I don't care how important you think you are. Because that's good for your character and because God said so. And um, I submit myself as well. We're all submissive to something and somewhat. And God wants us to be that way. But they, they're unruly. They don't want to obey their boss. They don't want to obey their family. Uh, they, they don't want to obey their dad. They don't want to obey the government. They don't want to obey anybody. Why? Because they've already denied lordship. They don't want to be ruled over by God. And they're not going to let men rule over them either. Right? And so he's going to go and talk about that. And you see them parading up and down the streets. And eventually what you'll see them do, you'll see them run up behind some old person and hit them in the back of the head because they're a coward. But that's for another day. Let's, let's have a verse. Stand to your feet. But that that marks these people that are parading in our streets. They're self-willed. They're unclean. They despise governments. They want these these Marxists want what they think they want is freedom from the bondage of what's right and what's wrong they don't want a morality, they want a system where if I feel like I'm a girl then I can be one they they, they operate in a fantasy land, in a world where nobody can tell them, hey you're wrong I love you but you're wrong people don't like being told that in our day that's a sign of the last days so I'll just have a verse if you need to come let's get ourselves ready to meet the Lord in the air Lord we love you and we're patiently waiting. But, Lord, we we say even so, come, Lord Jesus. We love you. Please heal our country. Our country's going to, I believe, Lord, is possibly headed for some dangerous times. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd help those, the remnant that's left, help us to remain faithful in these last days. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to come, Brother Reed's going to sing a verse. You come on.